at some point in our lives, we all settle. Settle on where we live, settle in our career, settle in our beliefs. There's nothing wrong with settling. Or is there? We'll find out on this episode 24 of The Robert and Mike Show. Bringing you casual conversation and thoughtful advice. It's personal development with a touch of sass and a healthy dose of panache. Welcome to The Robert and Mike Show with your hosts, Robert Schantz and Mike Paganelli. And we are back, everybody, for this next episode of The Robert and Mike Show. I'm, again, as always, your humble host, Robert Schantz, here with my favorite co-host, Mike Paganelli. Mr. Mike Paganelli, how are you today? Good morning, Robert. Good morning, audience. And you are the humblest of co-hosts. I have ever worked with. That's what I say. Yes, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> it is another uh, brisk, beautiful, springy day here in San Diego. Yeah. So, you know, I read a report uh, on the news that said April was the hottest month ever recorded on the planet. There was a town in India which I think hit 128 degrees. Oh, my gosh. Which is crazy. That's hot. That's However, like Death Valley hot. No, it's nuts, right? However, I would say that up to this point in time, we've been having a very mild San Diego climate. Wonderful. I love it. It's almost back to the way I used to remember it when it was perfect for me. Yes, it was very temperate. Now, I just hope that this continues. In fact, we've been having our May gray. I haven't I don't remember the last time we had a May where May gray was around. Yeah. This weather report brought to you by AccuWeather. Like or just me. I, as our listeners know, I love talking <laughs> about the weather. It's fascinating to me. So, Mike, how are you doing this week? I'm great. I'm great. It's great to be back with you. And uh, it was a really productive week. I'm feeling, so what happened? feeling good. What happened that was exciting? Why what was happened that exciting? Well, we, we got together for uh, a little happy hour one night. That was exciting. Uh, we did. Got a little happy on. That was, um, that was fun. I always like doing that. I started running again. I love it when we do happy hour because we come up with uh, where our lives are new, new ideas. And oh, yes. It's, it's get a few drinks in us, and all of a sudden we're conquering the world again. We should actually do a show where we're that. intoxicated a little <laughs> bit. I think. I, w- well, I am right now. You can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I can never tell. Uh, so, yeah. So I started running again. I ran three times this week, and... Getting back to Where'd my... Where did you run to? The grocery store? Yes, I ran to the grocery <laughs> store. No, I ran in the park, Balboa Park, right uh-huh. uh, out the door. So I'm kind of starting off with a mile and a half and working my way back up. But how, how do you feel? Good. The first day sucked, uh-huh. uh, but it's been getting slowly but surely better. It's like any training. You start something working muscles you haven't worked in a while, you're going to be sore. For sure. But you're stretching well and you're, you're making sure you're warming up properly. You just don't go out and run, right? No, you definitely got to stretch. And stretch before, but more importantly, stretch after, I hear. Uh-huh. It's more when the muscles are warm. Yeah, exactly. And get them, get to keep them loose, because I do not want to be hurt again. Okay. That's for sure. But, uh, you know, it's a good little lesson. I And I use this lesson when I talk to people about overcoming uh, resistance and persistence is my tales from my own running experience, because I hate running. I, I then why really are you doing it? A, I feel like it is the best thing for me to do to get in shape as quickly as possible. Uh When I run, I generally tend to trim down. 
And there is something when I run that I get into a very almost meditative-like state where I get a lot of creative thinking. I get a lot of creative thoughts when I run. And so for me, it's almost like an idea generator. And I love that. I come away, there's, every time I run, there hasn't been a run that I haven't come away from where I don't have a new idea or something um, that I want to add to a course or uh, a discussion point of some kind. I, it's very therapeutic. I running is therapeutic. I can only imagine what's going on in that brain of yours when you are running. Oh, uh, it's 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 like a supercomputer on overdrive. So for our listeners, we were doing some pre-planning for another uh, podcast we're going to bring out, and it's always the difference between Mike and me where his brain goes and where mine goes. <laughs> and it's it's yours I goes to the gutter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just love the the process of seeing Mike's brain work. How was your week? Week was fantastic. Uh, God, I, uh, for some reason I've had an incredible amount of energy. Um, you were saying this in our last as, time we talked. Yeah, you as said much as I've been working, yeah. and I didn't get a lot of sleep this week. I think I'm so excited about what my life is doing right now. I'm, I'm, I'm excited that you're excited. I yeah. know that this is like, because I know for the, like, anybody who's been listening for at least the last four or five episodes, we know you were maybe in a little bit of a funk, and you've worked your way out of it, which yeah. is great. Yeah. On the path to recovery, road to recovery, it's like, I see actually a vision about where I want to be in five years. And that's really exciting. On a Which, yacht? Yeah. With Beyonce? Beyonce? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maybe not Beyonce. How about Cher? Oh, Hi, my Cher. God. Cher just had a birthday. I Do, know. Should we wish her a happy birthday? Happy birthday. She was We 70 know she listens. Yesterday. So parts of Cher turned 70. Yeah, right. Parts of her. <laughs> <laughs> Some parts are just timeless. Some parts are a lot younger. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and will never age. Yeah, exactly. That's so if funny. If I could turn back time. Oh, oh, girl. Oh. Love Cher. And then speaking of birthdays, today is my baby sister's 40th birthday. Oh, our number one so fan. Happy birthday, Heather. I love you dearly. And what scares me is she's 40. Right. Where the hell did that happen? I only know so well, as you know, this is, so this is going to be interesting, maybe. I know the most people, let me, how do I say this? May, end of May, beginning of June, and mostly June-ish, are the birthdays for the, the most birthdays for the people I know. How do I say that? Like, the, the, the majority of the people that I know have birthdays. That's how you say it. Okay, that's what I, that's what I meant. <laughs> have birthdays in late May through June. So it's that would crazy. be uh, Gemini's and uh, what else is that? I am terrible at this. I don't what know. What are you? I'm a Gemini. I only Gemini. know that because that's Yeah, I have a lot of Gemini friends. Like I have a Gemini dinner party tonight with three Geminis. Really? Yeah. So, you know, on my birthday, which is June 2nd, uh, it is two people that we know. Birthdays on the Kim Tabling and... Amy Driscoll, I think. Mm. We all have birthdays Amy. on the same same day. Yeah. So yeah, it's you know, well, it's all the energy that we attract anyway. Oh, like Gemini's are good. You're bringing the the energy of the people that you you equate to. So shout out to all you Gemini's out there. Yeah. Them and their third heads, right. as I said. Wait, they now. <laughs> is it a third head or is it the dual personality? Uh, I call it a third head. Oh. <laughs> I knew one Gemini, and he was total. He had a third, fourth, and fifth head. Anyway, that's still for love another Gemini's. show. But um, yeah, so happy birthday, Heather. Love you dearly, and I hope 
you're celebrating in Iowa and having a lot of fun. Sounds and awesome. Yeah, by the time you get this, you'll be four, over 40. By Time only a couple goes of days. by just way too fast. That is for sure. So the cool thing is, is um, my, I guess my cousin's son. So that would make him my second cousin, I guess. A little baby, three. He's celebrating. Your cousin's son. He's your first cousin once removed. Ah, okay. See, I yeah. don't know how to say anything. It's his birthday um, this week, and so my whole family is coming down from L.A. to celebrate. Um, his birthday. He had an open heart surgery at uh, three years old. Um, oh. He was born with a little heart thing, um, and so they went in and, and fixed it. So I think the family is coming out to a uh, big show of support for his first birthday after that. Mm. So I'm really happy, but I get to see everybody. It's for a change. People are coming to me. Is this tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow is his birthday party, but the family is getting together tonight. tonight. So we're going to have a Nice big family. So my sister will be there, which is what reminded me. So you're going me out that. to dinner? Yeah, house? my aunt's house. She okay. lives up in uh, Scripps Ranch. What's on the menu? Oh, I'm sure Italian food. Um, yeah. My aunt said in pasta. her invite, she's like, "Come hungry." I'm like, "I drove All by right. Demilly's yesterday, and I'm like, God, I miss Demilly's. Mm. Nice little ravioli and uh, spaghetti and meatballs and lasagna. Mm. Ugh, I could overload on carbs right now. Oh my God, sounds delicious. So that's exciting. I'm excited for that this weekend. So it's just going to be like weeks of celebration. Okay. Anything yeah. else notable this week? Uh, not, uh, probably nothing that uh, the Michael's father. Well, no, I was going to mention about me. Nothing notable about me. I was going to say that you know my partner Michael, his dad, um, speaking about open heart surgeries, had an open heart surgery, so that was uh, a big deal. Obviously, anytime that you're uh, go under the knife on a major procedure, it's a huge deal. So I know that. So thankful, thankfully everything is uh, going great, Good. So recovering nicely. So, but it was, um, you know, it's always you always get nervous, right? Well, There's so prayers for your nephew and prayers for your absolutely father-in-law. Love and light. Yeah. Okay. So on today's show, what are we talking about, Mike? So I think one of the things I've been thinking about quite a bit is this notion of settling. And you know, I woke up again. You know, I, I randomly will wake up in the middle of the night with these thoughts. And so one of the things I was thinking of was settling. And then I was thinking, well, is settling really bad? Because oftentimes, you know, people say, oh, well, I settled for this or I settled for that or I'm settling down. And then it made me think that not all settling is bad. We're settlers. Have you seen the commercial? We're settlers? No. It's a cable commercial. Oh, I don't. We don't. Well, we don't have cable yeah, anymore. None of us have cable anymore. But what I was thinking is, is there's really two types of settling. I think people tend to settle out of for two reasons. One, you settle out of contentment, meaning I'm happy with where, where I am at. I'm happy with the way things are going. So I don't need to strive for anything greater because I'm perfectly content, which is kind of an ideal place to be. However, I think for the, for the most part, more people tend to settle out of what I call resignation, meaning they settle because they don't feel like there's ever the possibility of something better. So essentially, they just give up. And they've settled because they don't feel worthy or entitled or the fact that there may be something better for them or it's unobtainable. Mm -hmm. And that's the more dangerous type of settling because I feel like that really means that we're selling ourselves short. And I've talked about this in other episodes, how important it is not to sell yourself short. And if you're settling because you feel like there's just no possibility or no chance or it's too late, I say change that attitude right away. 
never settle out of resignation, only settle out of contentment. So are there areas in your life where you feel you've settled? I think that there are probably times in my life where I settled momentarily because I was a little bit jaded or didn't feel like there was anything better. But I think now in my life when I settle for something, it's kind of more along the lines of out of comfort. You know, I'm, uh, I, at some point I would love to move to a, a bigger location in a you know, different neighborhood. But for right now, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm kind of settled there. So it's not necessarily settling out of, again, resignation like I don't think it's possible. It's more of settling out of a sense of comfort and um, easiness, at easiness. Mm-hmm. How about yourself? Have so you given that some thought? I've settled way too many times in my life out of not because I wanted to, because it was just at that point where I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll just do that and be comfortable with it. Well, and I've learned as time goes on, the older I get, I realize that I did settle. At the time, I didn't realize it. Now I do. Did you, is that true? Do you? It's totally true. No, I'm, my, my thinking is, 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 aren't you just pretending not to know something at that point? In other words, can you really ever settle for out of comfort when you're uncomfortable? See, I think deep down you know that this isn't ideal or this isn't where you would choose to be, but it's where you are, and there's nothing different in the foreseeable future, so this is good enough. I, I don't think you ever not know that. I think you always know whether or not something is authentically good enough or not good enough. And you can pretend that it's okay, but deep down, you know that it's, there's a, you're unsettled. And as long as you're unsettled, you'll never be in a state of contentness. And therefore, whatever you're state settling what? for, contentness, contentness, which means that you're always settling out of resignation. Mm-hmm. And that's a weak place to be. Totally. I agree. Yeah. And I think I, I did settle in the past. And I was totally, in, I was not within my power. Like I always coach people when I say, you know, step into your power. Right. Be within your power. Uh, not be like a power monger. I just mean be within your own power and strength all the time and you'll have a life unimagined. The life you were destined to live. But, you know, it's, it's pretty a thought-provoking question that you brought up today. About Thank are you. we settling for contentment or settling out of uh, resignation? Resignation. No, and I, and I think about that. I, it was, like I said, uh, it's something that I've been thinking about because, as you know, I've been putting together my training program, my course, and w- one of the main things that we're talking about is settling. And the reason why I think people settle is, again, because they have a belief in their own mind that something better is not possible. Or, and a lot of times, fundamentally, the reason why I believe that people have the belief that things are not possible is out of a complete sense of unawareness. Right? They're not aware of, of how to make something a, a reality or how to make a change that could be beneficial for them. So they know, they know no other way. You know, I, I, I like to think in pictures, and an example that came to my mind is something as simple as a Phillips screw and a straight edge screw. And now there's different shaped screw heads. Yeah, so Th- that I do know. So if all as you had was a Phillips screwdriver and a world of straight edge screws, you would be in real trouble. 
if you did not know that there was such a thing as a straight-edge screwdriver out there, mm -hmm. right? If you went through your whole life with the wrong tool in front of a, a, a screw that it wouldn't work on, you would be pretty down, too. But then as soon as someone said, like, oh, hey, try this out, you'd be like, oh, my God. Like, where is this all my life? And sometimes I think that you need to explore and expand your awareness because it's not always limited to your scope of what you can see and understand and believe. Mm -hmm. Challenge is on us to go out there and find something new, better, different. So you're bringing up a, a point that I, you know, all this settling that we come to terms with or happen in our life, really weird to ugly head when we were children. Because we see what happens, you know, we, we witness our parents settling. Oh, for sure. And so we learn and adapt to settle just like our family did. I think what happens is we're conditioned in childhood. Our, our parents make excuses. And they almost, they almost try to convince us that settling is what we should do, in a way. Oh, you, having a job that you love is a luxury. They call it work because it's not fun. Right, so we're, we're, we're totally conditioned to accept things in our lives less than what is truly possible only because it's easier for a lot of people to settle out of resignation than settle, strive to settle out of contentment. And you're absolutely right. I think a lot of that does come from our childhood and the way that we're raised and reared and the lessons in our society that reinforce certain beliefs. And I think that's important. We've got to break that cycle. Actually, looking through an article right now on the, the World Wide Web. Yes. Why, why you should never settle. Oh. You know. And um, it's making some great points in here. Life is just one big cost-benefit analysis. Mm -hmm. And that's where settling comes in. We make decisions by comparing the outcomes of different courses of actions. And people assume that certain actions should not be taken unless the benefit outweighs the costs. Sure, let's, let's pause on that for a minute, because we've talked about yeah, this. Yeah, circle around that. We've talked about this quite a bit, and it's the two motivations for people, right? So you either run from fear or run towards desire. Those are the two main motivators yes. that we have that influence most of our decision-making. Carrot or the stick. Right, the carrot and the stick. So when we talk about a, a cost-benefit analysis, a lot of times re the reason why people settle out of resignation, again, it's because it's easier. They're running away from the fear of what changes may have to occur in their life to go after something that they feel would make them better off. It's just easier to be where you're at and suck it up. It says in this article, people are terrified of change, failure, and taking risks. This is one of the main reasons people settle in life. For sure. It's not about unrealistic goals or perfection. It's about changing the things you can be happy, not simply drifting along in life and complaining. Now, I don't see any of that in my world, do you? Right. No, I don't see any of it in my world either, <laughs> which is amazing because we live in this panacea <laughs> of uh, utopian space. It's interesting. Whoever wrote this article must listen to our show because... I, uh, I'm trying I, to think that maybe this person... Ashley Fern, in Motivation, that's her name. And she wrote this back in 2013. I think she's stalking us. Oh, she must be. Uh, she, in fact, she went back in time after listening to our podcast and wrote that article. So she's a time traveler. She's so a time traveler. Here's she's what this article also says, too. This okay. is interesting, because we talked about this. I said, maybe we shouldn't talk about that. But he says, we settle in our relationships, too, because we are scared to be alone and lose the, 
stability of what a relationship offers. Fear paralyzes people and holds them back. Many people suffer without tremendous amounts of self-doubt and are unable to believe they are good enough. No, for sure. I, I think that there's all kinds of... I, I would say that the, um, the underlying common denominator to all settling out of resignation is fear and therefore doubt. Because mm -hmm. you can't really have fear unless there is doubt. The two go hand in hand. So the, the only way that you combat fear is by attacking the doubt, which means more awareness, greater knowledge, exploring, getting answers, searching out for something better, different, um, and that will alleviate the fear. You, it's very hard to be afraid of something in the f when there's the absence of doubt. And so I think that's very true. Fear, fear drives so much of the negative outcomes in our life and holds us back from so much more than we're capable of achieving because of what's on the other side. It's like, I'm not going to look under my bed because there may be a monster under there. So instead, I'll just be scared, uh, you know, throughout the night. And that fear gets bigger the older we get because life events have happened and everything chips away at a person's self-esteem, self-confidence. All those little factors are coming into play because, you know, we're here to learn lessons. That's right. Like Earth is a classroom. Right. You, said you talked a, about this last it's week. It's a hard classroom. It's not easy. But we came down here to learn. And some people's lessons are harder than others. I don't yeah. believe there's any lesson. I don't think there's e equality in any lessons. Some people really get a lot of life's lessons thrown at them. They just happen to pick the wrong lifetime. Yeah, no, I mean, that's true. But I also think one of the reasons why what you're saying is true the older that we get, it's kind of like the guy jumping out of an airplane with a parachute. Right, if you pull the parachute at 10,000 feet, you're going to have a better chance of a soft landing than if you pull the parachute at 100 feet. And life is that way. As you get older, you kind of get essentially closer to the ground, literally. And so the recovery time in our minds doesn't seem as large. So if you make a mistake later in life, it's harder to recover to where you may have gotten if you had made that mistake when you were younger in life. Mm -hmm. You have more time. So it makes us a little bit more risk averse. And I think being risk averse and being fearful are two different things. Because when you're risk averse, it means that you're being more careful in the decisions you're making to mitigate anything that might or could possibly go wrong. But it doesn't mean you don't act. It just means you're mitigating risks in the way that you give more, more thought and um, care to the choices that you make. You're more thoughtful. Whereas being fearful is essentially freezing you in your position where you're at. And once you freeze in life, once you settle out of resignation for wherever you are, essentially you've stopped living. You, you've stopped living and now you're simply existing. And there's a big difference between living and existing. Mm -hmm. And so I think to feel fulfilled, to have happiness, to live a life worthy of living you cannot settle out of resignation. You cannot freeze out of fear. You have to be thoughtful in your choices and you have to be thoughtful in your actions, but you have to act. You have to do something to get out of that situation. It's like once you retire, you die. 
Oh, my God. Morally safer. I was just thinking the same thing. No, here's the funny thing. So this is timely, you know, for the time that we're recording it. But Morley Safer, obviously 60 Minutes reporter. I heard that he was retiring. He did. They had the goodbye episode, not this, the past Sunday. Right. And I thought to myself, 80, I heard retiring at 84. And I'm like, oh, my God, that guy's going to die. <laughs> now, I, now and sure enough, like a week later, he's dead. Yeah. But I think his retirement probably was more was closely related yeah. to that. I, something you know, he was going through. So I don't think it was the uh, cause. I think it was, you know, um, yeah. what do they say? Uh, but anyway. It, but it's the idea that, you know, once you stop, once you, you, you stop making progress, I do think that a certain part of you does die. Because we're not meant to do that, you know? But now, I agree. I agree with you on that. Now, here's again to get back to the idea of contentment versus resignation. I think when you're in a state of contentment, there's a certain joy that comes from living in, in life that way. So you're to it's be at peace. Right. So it's, it, yes. it almost enables you to flourish. Like you're, you're really in a state of joy and appreciation and fulfillment for everything that you have at that point. Whereas... It's a struggle when you're in when you're in a state of struggle, meaning trying to get from point A to B, or climbing up the corporate ladder, or working your way up, or whatever the case may be. There's no time for contentment, right? You 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 have to take a maybe a breath at each stop, but there's no stopping, right? You're constantly trying to get move further along, you're move higher up the ladder, grow, whatever the case may be. You're very deep with your thoughts today. I have been thinking about this a lot. Yeah, I can tell. So. And I think that this is something that, you know, I, I'm certain that probably some of our listeners experience and, and can appreciate. But I also think that this is something that can affect you at any stage of your life. Like you were talking about how you were settling it back in, in the past. And, I mean, you were a much younger man at that time. But it can happen at any point. So the, the real goal is how do we find a sense of contentment and fulfillment wherever we're at? And then... To know that, even though I'm fulfilled and, and, and content at this point in time, it doesn't stop me from having to go for something better. In other words, but the motivation is different. I'm just trying to find a higher level or a higher degree of contentment, whereas when you're resigned or, or operating from a sense of, of, of lacking or struggle, you're fighting a battle. You know what I mean? It's a little bit different. I don't think I explained that as well, but maybe our listeners can yeah, maybe get, get the gist from maybe that. Maybe the listener... If somebody out there understand what Mike's saying, please write us. Let us know. Yes, Go please. To Explain to me page. what I was talking about. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, you know, I think people are always looking for something better. Like, what they, what they get in their life, they grow tired of. And so they, they're settling, yeah, but they chose that. But they always want, oh, I want this. I want, I want something different. Well, I think what you're talking about is this notion of once I'm in a state of contentment, can I become discontent? Right. At some point, like I may be very like I was giving the example kind of where I'm living now, like I'm very content there. I, I'm content, but I know that's not ultimately where I want to die. Right. Right. But I'm content for now. But at some point, there will be a point of discontent, in which case I will want to make a change. But the idea is that I would be very content with that right now. Uh, <laughs> see, that's one of the benefits of recording at the hub is you get to uh, have distractions while we record. <laughs> So I don't know how we're going to wrap this up because I think we'd be settling if we wrapped the show up. As long as we're content with <laughs> the content, I think we're okay. Are we, are we content with the content? 
I think... Uh, or is there something more we can talk about? Well, I don't want to <laughs> kick a dead horse. Should we settle? <laughs> Should we settle to end right now? I don't know. I'm, I'm content. So what advice, I mean, if from your own experience, what advice would you, would you give to the listeners in terms of how they can maybe get out of settling? Well, don't settle for mediocrity. Settle for excellence. Okay. And always on the path of pursuing that excellence. So what are some ways in which somebody can achieve excellence in their life, personally? Well, that's a good question. I'd have to have, I mean, if you give me an example, I could probably walk through that. Well, in your own life, what, how do you achieve personal excellence in your own life? What are some qualities about what you do or your behaviors or your beliefs that, gen, that lead to excellence in, in your personally? Well, it's very simple is realize that if something doesn't feel right in my life, then I shouldn't just accept it as my Great. reality. Okay. And realize that there's probably something better out there for me if I am okay and comfortable with taking the risk of pursuing that. And like this article said, and like what we talked about, don't have the fear of failure. And with a lot of risk comes high rewards. And I think where a lot of people get that fear of, or when they settle is because they've had a lot of failures in their life. So you have to look at the failures you may have had and figure out, okay, what did I learn from that? And how can I make it better yeah, so that I don't repeat that same, the same mistake? No, I agree. And it may not always be, they may not have always had a lot of failure. They may have just had a couple of painful experiences uh -huh. that were so deep that it has really taken the wind out of the sail and just you know, decided that it's, I'd rather run from that fear than run towards the desire. Um, and so that's just caused me to suck it up. So on my other radio show, we had a caller call in last Tuesday night, and she was specifically asking about relationships. Mm. And through my questioning and my psychic ability, I was asking her the question, I'm, and I forget the lady's name, but anyway, that's not important. What was important was I asked her, have you had some relationships that didn't work out in the past, and did it cause you pain? And of course the answers were yes. And I said, well, somehow you need to come to terms with that and accept that as a lesson you needed to go through and say, okay, this happened, but I learned from it. Yeah. And I'm able to grow from it and make peace with it. So one of the things in the exercise I had her do was write a letter to the people that she felt had caused her pain and aggravation. She didn't need to send it, but she needed to just do the, the, do the journaling and then take that letter and rip it up, burn it, throw it away, whatever. But get it on paper, because when we put pen to paper, we actually move through that painful experience and release it. No, there is a, uh, there is a catharsis that occurs uh, from the act of writing and getting your thoughts articulated down on a piece of paper. Yes. I totally agree with Well, you. when I wrote my book, a lot of it, and I tell people, is a very cathartic experience. You know, I released a lot of hurt, pain from my childhood, growing up, growing up in a small town, being bullied, being picked on, you know, the family issues we had. I was able to put all that on paper, and now it's in part of a book, and I got rid of it. Yeah, and you I drained felt, it. I felt, I felt healed after yeah. that. So you so decided not to settle. Yeah. So I, you know, that's the advice I gave her. It's like, you know, you've got to make peace with that. Otherwise, the experience is going to repeat itself. 
You know, you're going to have the same experience show up unless you, because that's a lesson you needed to learn. Yeah, I agree. And be okay with it. And, uh, people always say, oh, I made a mistake. And I say, you know, there's no mistakes. You had a growth opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. No, everything, everything, is, a, everything is a growth opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I like it. So let's not settle out of resignation. <laughs> let's, let's strive to settle out of contentment. And that's what we, our dream and our wish for everyone. So Find here's what we ask. If you like what you heard today, please share us. If you're listening on iTunes. That's S-H-A-R-E, uh -huh. not C-H-E-R. Uh, share us you know, with somebody. Uh, and if you're listening on any other device, still share it. So uh, you can find Facebook us. Facebook page. Yeah, so Facebook. follow us on face Facebook. Communicate with us there at the Robert and Mike Show. And then on Twitter at Robert and Mike. And you can always find us on the web at therobertandmikeshow.com. And if you're listening on iTunes, which I think uh, predominantly a lot of people find us, like us there, subscribe, and please leave us a review. We really want to have some reviews up there so we know how we're doing because yeah. we don't know. And uh, unfortunately, and this is a one-way medium. Uh, well, if you go to our Facebook page, tell us what topics you'd like to yeah, hear about. Yeah, we're, we, we're open to suggestions. We definitely want to meet your needs, so tell us out there. All right, Mike. Well, it's been a great day. It has been a great show. Uh, I appreciate I'm it. This not was good. settling. Yeah, we're not settling. We're just saying goodbye. We're just saying goodbye. Adieu we for meet now. Again. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Adios, amigos. I got a booger? No, I, I have a booger. Oh. Is this going in the... Uh, <laughs> this will go at the end. What are we doing? Taking a break? Yeah. We're All out right, of our so rhythm. Show. Oh, so on today's show, we're talking about... Oh, my God. That's okay. What is it? <laughs> What's going on with you? <laughs> I'm losing it. I'm, I'm, I'm losing out of it. You didn't have it to lose. I'm, I'm breaking the fourth wall here. I wish you could see what Robert is doing right now and picking his my ear. My ear itches. My inner ear itches.